You're listening to The Kelly Track Show. I'm your host, Kelly Track, author, coach, and eternal optimist. Each week, I'll give you lessons to elevate your life, reclaim your personal power, and truly awaken and transform. Your best life starts right now. All right, my friends, this is the last episode of 2018, and you are in for a real treat. We have Stacey Copeland here on the show, and she is amazing. If you are brand new to tarot, you have been dabbling in it for a while. If you love all things intuitive and woo, you are really in the right spot. So Stacy did a reading for me and it was ridiculously accurate and spot on to the point where I thought she was pretty much just like reading my brain. She talks about tarot being sneak peeks into what the universe has in store for you. And she just provided me the best sneak peek I could possibly imagine. So who is Stacy? So she is a tarot reader who's keeping it real, slinging card spreads to the people, all while trying to heal whatever space in the world she occupies. She loves jalapeno margaritas, handmade pasta, paper crafts, and bad jokes. Tarot is her access point to the divine flow. So this episode is so fun. You are going to love it. And be sure to stick around right till the end because Stacy is doing a reading for us going into 2019. So if your 2018 was a little bit rocky and uncomfortable and you kind of felt like you weren't really getting where you wanted to go, just wait. Stacy's got some guidance for you. So she pulled some cards before our chat and you're going to 100% want to listen in. Now, before we dive in, I want to take a second to read the review of the week. So this was five stars and the title was Stumbled Upon Greatness. Holy heck, that is one hell of a title. Thank you so much. This one comes from Hardcore Holistic Wellness on Instagram and she writes... Not sure how I stumbled upon the Kelly Track podcast, but I'm so glad that I did. This podcast is so inspirational and real all at the same time. Kelly is such a realist and talks about the things we need to hear, like getting uncomfortable or stepping outside of your comfort zones. I look forward to every episode as I know it's going to be full of well-thought-out quality content and resources. Keep on keeping on, Kelly. The world needs you. Thank you so, so much for those kind and generous words. I so appreciate that. And if you want to be the review of the week, you got to leave a review so you can be review of the week. (laughs) You can do that over on the Apple Podcasts app. Be sure to leave your Instagram handle as well in the comment so that if you win the giveaway, which is still going on, my dear friend, it is your last week to enter the giveaway, aka winning both of my courses, Your Best Life and Your Conscious Empire which has a total grand value of 2,300 US dollars. So I would love for you to win this thing, but here's the deal. You have to leave a review on Apple Podcasts in order to win. Just leave that Instagram handle of yours and I will let you know if you are the lucky winner because I'm so stoked to enroll you in my courses for free so that you can have a rock solid 2019. Now, lastly, I want to give some shout outs to our supporters for the podcast. So first and foremost, the one and only Podigy, my amazing team that edits the Kelly Track Show. So Podigy is a company that edits podcasts. And if you have a podcast and you are looking to have somebody edit it, do all the back end work for you, create your show notes, syndicate it to iTunes. Please let Riley and his team do it. I adore working with Dan and Riley. Shout out to both of you. They do an amazing job. And if you are really looking to outsource more stuff this year, 
I would encourage you to outsource your podcast work because it'll free up more time for you and they do an amazing job of making you sound really, really good. So when you sign up with Podgy, just let them know that Kelly Track sent you and you're going to get 50% off your first month of editing. Plus, support for today's episode also comes from Bench Bookkeeping. Now, I have been dying to share Bench with you because this is one of my best kept secrets, but it ain't a secret no more because I'm telling you about it now. So Bench is the online bookkeeping software system that I use. I am obsessed with them for a couple of reasons. Number one, you just sync your banking details, your credit cards, and the platform is gorgeous. You also get assigned a real human bookkeeper to do your entire books. You don't have to do anything. And if there's something that Kelly loves, I don't know why I said that in third person, but I did. If there's something that Kelly Track loves, it's when people do the work for her so she doesn't have to do it herself. (laughs) So all you do is you sync your banking, you sync your credit cards, and your personal bookkeeper does your bookkeeping. Plus the platform is gorgeous. It is as pretty as like Airbnb. And whenever you have a bill, you just upload a bill and lo and behold, you get all of your bookkeeping done. You get graphs, profit and loss statements, income statements, charts, all the kind of visuals you could need to look at your financials and your business just with ease. If you are ready to sign up with Bench, use the link in the show notes. It will give you a one month free trial. No credit card required. I hate when you have to give your credit card details to get a trial. I'm like, come on, give me just a free trial. You nasty. So (laughs) if you go through that link, it's a special listener link. You get to have a free trial for one month. They'll do all your books for one whole month. And if you are in love with it and you love it just as much as I do, when you sign up, you will get 20% off your first six months of bookkeeping. So I'm so stoked to jump right into this amazing episode with Stacy. You are going to love it. Give her a follow over on Instagram. Her Instagram aesthetic is so hip and cool. She's like the cool friend you always wanted, and now she can be your cool friend too. So listen to this episode, enjoy, tune into your 2019 forecast and sneak peek with Stacy. So let's hop into this amazing, divine, super fun episode, and let's get started right now. Well, welcome to the show, Stacey. I'm so excited to have you here. I'm so excited to be here, Kel. Cool. So before we jump in, I actually have a mini rapid fire for you that you haven't seen before. So if you're game, I'm ready. Oh, I'm, I'm totally game. Cool. Favorite crystal? I love my malachite. Favorite paper craft to make? I really love super special individualized cards. Oh, I love that. In-person readings or over Skype? For me, I like Skype, but for clients, I think they prefer in-person. Sage or Palo Santo? I would say Palo Santo. Sage makes me feel a little bit goofy. It like has some psychotropic, it's from a family of herbs that actually can induce like the effect of being high. So especially if you're fasting or if you are a vegetarian or if you're someone that doesn't eat a lot of fats, if you burn a lot of sage, it can actually make you feel like you're on some substance. Interesting. That's good to know because, you know, I was putting sage in my diffuser to clear the air and I was like, this makes me feel nauseous. So I guess it's not in my head. (laughs) 
No, that's like a, it's an effect, especially if you don't have a high fat diet. Favorite tarot deck? It has to be, um, I have my Aquarian deck and it's like my soul sister in card form. Do you know your like rising sign and moon sign? Or this is like just a random one or your human design. Are you into any of that stuff? I sure am. I was, um, my mom is an astrologer. So my whole life has been like, oh, that's just the Taurus in you. That's just the Aquarian in you. So I'm a, I'm a Taurus rising with an Aquarius moon. My moon is in Aquarius too. That's why I knew I liked you. It's very interesting how my whole life I was surrounded by Aquarians and Geminis. And I was like, I don't know why. And then as you know, you start exploring yourself, you're like, oh, that's why. (laughs) Yeah, it makes so much sense when you get into it. You're like, oh, I get it now. As much as people like to say they write it off and they're like, astrology, don't believe in it. When you start like looking into it, there is a piece of it for everyone. And then do you know what your human design is? I don't. That's an interesting one. It's like, it brings in Kabbalah, I Ching, the tree of life, astrology. And it's like all of that together in one. Jenna Zoe is a really popular reader. I, I'll send you some links. Human design. I'm so excited. Yeah, it's really fascinating. I'd be curious to know which one you are. Favorite card to pull? I mean, for me right now, the card that's kind of following me around is the star, um, which I... I love, you know, it's an energy that is sort of the reminder that like work now because rest is coming, make use of this time, be present, stay where you are, because when you have time to rest and relax and recuperate, you will be so much better equipped to rest if you get everything done now. So every time that comes up, I'm like, oh, mama's getting a vacation. (laughs) I love that. You two are going to Mexico soon, hey? Yeah, we leave on Christmas. Fun. My favorite kind of extreme sport is uh, booking 5 a.m. flights. So. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's so, so funny. And, oh, my God, I those early morning flights, that's like, I feel like for the next level humans in life who get up early can make it through like the TSA check early and like get it all together. I'm always like, can I go anytime after 11 a.m.? <laughs> From Vancouver to Cancun, the airline that we fly with is Interjet, and they always have it leaving at 5 a.m. So I'm used to it now, but there is nothing like having a two-hour nap and then waking up at two in the morning being like, okay, go time. I know. That's like definitely, definitely a thing. Favorite place you've ever traveled? Definitely Copenhagen in Denmark. Mm, nice. Yeah, it was um, a city that really values social gatherings. Everybody's always outside because they're more North than we are. The sun just feels really different. It's still like similar temperature, but it's so much crisper and clearer and everyone is beautiful. Everywhere you look, you're like model, model. You could be a model. You're a baby. You could be a model. Totally. Totally. And there, I feel like they're even like nicer. It's like Vancouver, but like nicer and kinder and more friendly and loving even. Yeah, absolutely. The only thing that was tough, I mean, I lucked out because um, one of my best friends is Danish. So I was really, really lucky in that way, but it is incredibly expensive. Like a beer is like 12 Canadian dollars and you're like, excuse me Uh, for one. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I know. I was, I've only been there once and a coffee was $7 Canadian. I was like, um, I'm going to just have water. <laughs> I was in Europe for a month and I was only in Copenhagen for like three or four days. And I spent 
more money in Copenhagen than I did the rest of my trip. (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely a pricey city for sure. And then your favorite vegetarian dish. Oh man, it's got to be pizza. Nice. Yeah. Margarita pizza specifically is like, I will travel for good margarita pizza. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Pizza's always good. And then lastly, your favorite woo-woo book of all time. I mean, if we're going to throw it back to the OG, it would have to be the Celestine Prophecy. That book like changed, it like changed things for me. It was, uh, someone had given it to me and I knew it was really, really popular. And being a Taurus, I was like very stubborn and I was like, I'm not going to read it. I don't need to get jump on the bandwagon. And I probably had it in my possession for a couple of years. And when I finally read it, it was like someone had taken things that I had felt and experienced in my life and like wrote them in a book. And it made me feel so connected and like supported. And it like, honestly, I feel like when I read it, it like reset my soul a little bit. Ooh, I love that. I love that. I mean, definitely gonna, I'll link that out in the show notes as well for the listeners so they can take a peek. Well, oh, one more thing. Um, I'm reading a book right now called First Intelligence. And if anybody is interested in the scientific biological reasons and functions of intuition, it is a more factual study-based book on how we as human beings developed intuition and why we have it. And it is really, really cool. If you're not super woo-woo, but you kind of are intrigued, it's a great like meeting point. Yeah. I think that's so good. Like I just will take anything, no matter how woo-woo it is. Like I'm like, Oh, bypass the science. Yeah. Great. Okay, cool. But I know for others, they love the science and they love the hard facts and the data because it makes it more real for them. So that's a great suggestion. I will link that one as well. So you've ventured under some of the best mediums and tarot readers and astrologers, which is really, really freaking sweet. And can you describe a little bit about what that process is like? My mentorship started really, really young. I am incredibly fortunate that I was raised with a mother who studied tarot and astrology and numerology. So I would think I was about four, maybe five. Like I think it was right before kindergarten. I have this vivid memory of being at the mall with my mom. And I was like squinting and holding my hands over my eyes. And my mom was like, what's up, Stace? And I said, oh, everybody's glowing. And my mom was like, what do you mean everybody's glowing? And I was like, it's so bright. Everybody's glowing. You know, she kind of noticed that and asked me some questions about it. And it got like um, more and more intense as I started going to school. One night, my mom woke up and heard me talking to someone. And so she walked into my room and she's like, Stace, what are you doing? It's like, you know, middle of the night. And I said to her, oh, it's okay. Like, I'm okay. I'm just talking to my shaman. And she was like, what? what do you mean you're talking to your shaman? So she took me to see her sort of like psychic astrologer tarot reader. And um, she's out in Coquitlam. And she essentially just started working with me on um, energetic boundaries, spiritual boundaries, really learning the power of request. So Mm -hmm. if something um, was scary, if something was overwhelming, if I couldn't handle something that was that I could tell wasn't based in like the physical reality. I just had to ask, like, can you leave me alone? It's time to go. I don't like this. You're scaring me. And so, you know, really asking for that was really, really helpful as a, as a young child, but it also validated for me. So many children experience this, but we get told that we're weird or we're strange or people make fun of us. Um, or we're sometimes we're told like, 
that's not okay and that it's wrong. So luckily, you know, my mentorship started with my mom and then it really carried its way into high school. And then once I got to a certain level, my mentorship with Diane really slowed. I I realized that there was a connection with my intuition and with my guides that needed to be my responsibility. Now I seek out other metaphysical healers and coaches, you know, depending on what they're offering, I just take little pieces and add it to my puzzle. I feel like that's the most powerful way of doing it. Taking bits of everything. It's like a buffet, (laughs) taking a little bit of everything and then creating your own plate. That's how I feel about my coaching too. There's like so many aspects I rope in from like very different sources. And I feel like that's what makes it the most powerful. That's so cool. And that's so beautiful that you got nurtured with those gifts at such a young age. And it wasn't like, you know, something that got shunned or like totally ignored because, you know, so many people have intuitive gifts and gifts that are just like, okay, like we don't talk about that or like that. We don't bring that up at the dinner table or like, oh, that doesn't exist. So I love that that was nurtured in you. I think also there is something about like the stories that we're told, like we maybe we're intuitive and we use it in our friendships or we use it in to create art or we use it, you know, in music. And I think sometimes and no fault of our parents, but sometimes our parents really attach to that story and they feed it back to us. And then we think, oh, I'm not intuitive. I'm just really creative or I'm not intuitive. I'm just really social because that's what we're told. And it kind of just gets like repurposed, but we sort of forget that at the base of it all as children is literally like soul connection and intuitive knowing. Yeah. And I love that. And you're so right. It does get reprocessed as other things, especially, you know, being very creative or social. I can definitely think of friends, like childhood friends who looking back were very like intuitive in those kinds of senses and would have been like, oh yeah, she's the creative one, or she's one that's really great at art, or she's, you know, really great at theater versus being like, there are actually probably really strong intuitive gifts there for sure. So I love that you brought that up. And then what were some of like the biggest, most unexpected skills that you've had to learn and hone through this process? It's interesting because it shouldn't be surprising, but what has come up, and I do think that this is individual to me. I know a lot of tarot readers and everybody has their specialty, um, but I never imagined in a million years that I would be moving into a specialty of helping people process grief. So that type of like grief crisis, trauma, like that type of skill set to really be able to hold space for people and allow them to be seen in their grief or in their trauma or whatever pain they're going through to hold space, not pity them and not move past it to like, let them stay there because as humans, and especially as people who coach and heal and mentor, we want to give advice. We want to help people. We want to take the burden from them. And with tarot and this sort of niche sort of market that I found myself in, I can't do that. You know, I need to be there and allow them to like break down and cry and like release energetically in a place that is safe because that's my job is to create those boundaries. So I would have never thought that that would have been something that became a cornerstone to my profession and my personal practice. And then something that 
I'm still working on and it is really hard and it is surprising because it shouldn't be that hard, but it is, is removing personal judgment and bias from my readings. You know, like sometimes, especially when I'm reading for women at the end of the reading, I'll take a moment and say, okay, so you just had your reading with me as a human being. I'm going to share this with you. And that has nothing to do with the cards. I'm learning that boundary better. But sometimes, especially when someone has gone through something really traumatic in a relationship or, um, you know, some forms of like toxic abuse, those types of things, as a tarot reader, I cannot put my own personal bias on there. But of course, after the session is done, I'm like, hey, girl, listen, you got to get out. Wow. Those are such powerful and beautiful skills and ones that take time to develop. And it takes the right kind of person, especially what you were saying about just holding the space versus trying to solve or find the answer or give advice or like coach, but being able to just hold the space and let people work through it and move through it. That is such a beautiful gift. And I feel like it's a gift not a lot of people have because I feel like we're so good in society. I think like, I'll just solve the problem or like, let me like take away your pain. So I really appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. Or we want to say, oh, I've experienced that too. Let me share with you. And it's like, I don't know about you, but nine out of 10 times when we are feeling pain or grief, we don't want someone to tell us about how they experienced it. We just want someone to be like, I'm here. I see that this is hard for you. A hundred percent. Yeah. Just somebody to just listen and to be able to actually listen, not listen in the way where like, okay, listening to respond, but listening to just purely listen. I love that. And then were there any self-learning beliefs that you had to really overcome and conquer as you really stepped into this role of being an intuitive coach and healer? Oh yeah. I mean, I'm like, I still struggle with imposter syndrome for sure. Intuition in the moment feels impossibly right. I can't ignore it. It is there. It moves through my entire body. And it's like sort of the idea of someone trying to get my attention. I I can't ignore it. But it's afterwards when I go home or the client leaves, I kind of almost laugh because I'm like, who am I to have said that to them? Like sometimes when I'm out of the intuitive moment, I'm like, wow, that was like really ballsy or like that was bold of me or like, oh man, like I hope that didn't affect them. So there's that feeling that I am a little bit of an imposter, but I always come back to like a place of quiet and I get really, really grateful for my gifts. And I say thank you to all of the angels and the light beings and the guides and, you know, even just like my cells in my body for sharing those messages with me. But absolutely, I still struggle with like, do I know what the hell I'm talking about? And I really appreciate you sharing that because it's so easy to have that imposter syndrome and that feeling of like, OMG, like I totally said that. And I loved what you said, like being like, oh my God, that was really ballsy and gutsy of me. And I can't believe I just told them that so straightly and directly. I feel like that sometimes with my coaching clients, I'm like, oh Lord, (laughs) holy cow. Well, exactly. For you, like I was thinking that, you know, like as a coach, it's sort of that idea that we believe as coaches, we have to have all of our shit together all the time. And like, we don't, we are imperfect, flawed human beings that have an expertise, but that doesn't mean that our expertise is always 
as kind as it could be, or as, you know, as heavy as it needs to be. Like we make mistakes and it is so hard as coaches when we have to sort of get comfortable with the fact that like, we do not know everything. Hey there, it's me. I'm just swinging by really quickly to interrupt this amazing and divine episode. And I want to pause and ask you this one question. Are you feeling kind of stuck on your path to greatness? Do you feel like there's something out there that you desire, but you're kind of holding yourself back, you're not really going for it, and you're really not showing up for that life calling of yours? If so, I would love to introduce you to the mindset work. So what exactly is mindset? Well, it's where your mind is set. So this looks like your thoughts, your beliefs, and how you perceive the world to be. All you need is a couple of quick and simple tools to help you shift the way you think. This is the stuff that has truly transformed my life and has allowed me to soar to the highest level of achievement. Now, I want to teach you these exact skills. They're super easy. And I want to invite you to my free six-day video course called How to Master Your Mindset. So when you enroll, you're going to learn how to ace your inner critic and finally ditch that negative self-talk, how to deal with that fear of yours and really go for what you want, how to overcome those self-limiting beliefs that keep you small, stuck, and settling. You'll learn how to truly step into your personal power and worth and adopt the possibility mindset that allows you to just watch and witness your dreams unfold. So all you got to do to get access to this sweet, awesome, and free, yes, I said the magic word, free course, is just kellytrack.com slash mindset. And the link is in the show notes. That's kellytrack.com slash mindset. All right, peeps. Now back to the show. So I would love to start diving deeper into tarot. So before we go anywhere a couple listeners out there might have that sort of preconceived notion still kicking around that tarot is dark. Can we just totally debunk this myth right off the bat? Yeah. I mean, I think that it is really natural to be skeptical. It's super natural to like wonder or like have some doubt, but the one beautiful thing, and like, I know this as much as I know that like the sky in Vancouver is usually gray, you know, it's like, I've been working with cards for so long from like literally six years old that I would have never continued this journey. If there was any attachment to anything malicious or manipulative, I think that the cards really only give us what they know is safe to give us. I have a little bit more of a capacity for the heaviness of the cards. So when I pull them for myself, sometimes I'm like, okay, that wasn't quite what I wanted to see. But the cards only communicate with love and healing. All they want is to get us past the challenges that we have put in our own way. So, you know, really looking at the cards, like, They have nothing but love to give us. And I would absolutely not have created this to be my personal practice. And I would not have stepped into this purpose in my life if I felt there was anything attached to it that was harmful. And I mean, like, it's been around for like thousands of years. Like, this is something that people have been using since. I mean, the jury's sort of out on it, but it comes from like ancient Egypt. It moved into Mongolia. It also moved into Persia when obviously like the world was very different then. But 
the modality of the cards is never to bring us anything negative. I will say, obviously, if we have light, we have to have dark, but the darkness likes to hide in corners and tight little areas. Like it does not come out to the front and the cards are all about putting everything out in the open. So darkness doesn't really like that. So it doesn't really connect, you know? Yeah. And if it's bringing up anything difficult, it's like stuff that needs to be brought out to light and be like, yo, look what's here. It's just like with everything in life. It's this Sometimes it just requires that willingness to take a peek at the stuff you've been avoiding or putting off or like not asking the deeper, harder questions about. And I feel like it's just a perfect vehicle to be like, yo, look at this. Finally, like, please confront this. Well, it's just like, it would literally be like your best friend showing up and being like, Hey, Kel, I got to talk to you about something like this is hard for me. And I'm nervous to tell you this, but I really need you to take a look. And even though your reaction might be hurt or pain or defensiveness, just like with the cards, when they give us something we don't want to hear, they're only like your friend would only be bringing that to you because they love you and they want to see you evolve. They want you to have personal growth. They want you to be a more complete and infinite being. And the cards are just the same. They're just saying like, Hey, it's really time to look at this. And if you're not ready to look at it yet, this is what could potentially happen and it will come back. It will never go away until you move through it. That is so perfectly said. I love that, Stacey. That is such a great way of looking at it as the best friend who's really bringing you that loving advice you need to hear. And I think that's so perfect. So how would you describe your methodology of tarot and ringings? And how would you describe this in your own words? I like to always say that it's kind of like a sneak peek. You're getting a little bit of like a backstage pass. And it's funny because especially with people who are first timers or new to the world of woo woo, or they don't quite understand how the cards work. Normally it always starts with validation. You know, the way that I pull, I always pull a card that represents the past. And that is always confirmation. That is validation saying like what you went through was exactly what you needed to go through to get you here. You may not want to relive it. You may not welcome that into your life again, but everything, that pain you went through, that huge challenge, that colossal mistake you made it was, there was a divine purpose for it. So there's like validation and confirmation as well as that sneak peek about like what's to come, what's on the horizon. And then I think the beautiful part of it is that tarot is really like transcendental. It is like a metaphysical tool for our evolution and growth. But the only way that we get that growth and the only way that we really evolve is to really move through the challenging energies. And like, that is what tarot shows us. Tarot will always show us the good and the challenge. It's never the bad. It's just, this is what you got to do to get to the good. That's so perfect. And so perfectly said, I love that sneak peek. (laughs) Yeah. I I, that's usually, I'm always like, it's just like a little sneak peek VIP pass, you know? Yeah. Oh my God. I'm like, give me all the VIP insider deets, please. (laughs) I know, you know, you'd think that I would have more of them as a tarot reader, but when I read for myself, I'm like, um, okay, so I don't really know what any of this means. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. That's so funny. So are there any rituals or practices you have before or after reading? 
obviously there's like a big meditation aspect of it. I, the, the more that I step into my purpose on this planet and work as a healer and a guide and a tarot reader, my, my meditation time has like skyrocketed. Sometimes it's only like 10 minutes, but I do some really beautiful deep breath work. I have my Reiki practitioner, uh, Megan Suter. she has walked me through and taught me this beautiful grounding sort of ritual for myself. I exist totally in, you know, my, my sixth and seventh chakra. I'm like up in the clouds all the time. And so for me, the big thing is all about grounding. So I try and ground myself. And then right now, I am burning Palo Santo to really call in positivity, to kind of protect, to create this beautiful barrier. But I will say that the more that I move into this world and this experience of mine, I am learning that like the trendiness of spirituality and metaphysical sort of evolution that we are seeing happen right now it is so devastating on the environment. Like, you know, sage and Palo Santo are becoming endangered. And those are like sacred channels and tools for indigenous peoples in places that I have absolutely no claim to. So once I finish up my little bundle of Palo Santo that I have, I will be moving to something that's like rosemary or cinnamon you can use eucalyptus or catnip or clove. Like I've started looking into my Slavic roots. I'm Russian and Polish. And I've started to see what did they traditionally use for cleansing. And the crazy thing is most of the time it's like water and prayer or like, you know, song. Like there's this beautiful Polish ritual of literally just going to the river and like cupping the water and having it sort of cleanse you and just singing like joyful song is like this beautiful form of cleansing. So I think there's this trendiness that has to be resisted a little bit and we have to figure out what works for us. So rosemary and cinnamon moving forward. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And even thinking about what's accessible to you, like in your own backyard, like there are a million rosemary bushes in Vancouver, you know, there's like it's easy. It's accessible. It's local. I, I love that. I never even thought about it from that point of view. And that makes so much sense. And I really appreciate you bringing that up because that really, I always try to think about, you know, how can I be better with the environment and just a way more conscious consumer. And I never even thought about my spiritual tools or my practices or that kind of thing. And I really love that you brought that up. So thank you. Well, I mean, we do live in a part of the world where, you know, white sage, it is something that grows here, right? So we sort of look at it as like, oh, but that's like a part of the Pacific Northwest. And until you start really analyzing it, you're like, okay, okay, that makes sense that now the whole world is like white sage, white sage. So it's just time to like make a little switch. Going into a tarot reading, one of the things I really love that you shared in an Instagram caption was this. You had said, I find so many people coding their questions with soft, vague language to get away from asking the question they truly want to know. Do you have any tips on how to ask a really specific and honest question in order to receive that clear divine guidance? The best thing is, I think, to really, really step into your bravery, be courageous enough to ask 
the thing that's on your mind, you know, and normally like, that's what I tell people when they sit down and they're like, I don't know. And I'm like, okay, well, what was the first thing that came to mind when I asked you that? Normally that it goes right to the thing that they are the most stressed or worried about. And that should be where we start. Of course there, you know, yourself best. Like I am someone who has suffered from like depression and anxiety in the past. So, you know, sometimes my mind goes to certain places because that is a preconditioned, you know, it's sort of like, oh, like the idea of like a scarcity mindset, right? Like as soon as you talk about money, if your response is like, oh, I don't have enough. Like, okay, that might be a mindset. Maybe it's time to relook at that. So if it goes to money, what's the question? What is the thing I have to learn or move through? So always go to the first place that your mind goes when I ask the question. And then don't be afraid to be embarrassed. Like that's the biggest thing that limits people. They sit down across from me and all they want to know about is love, but they feel silly for asking. So then they say my job or my career or my family or my health. And the whole reading is like kind of then like muddied, you know, like I had, I had a client sit down and she asked me about family and I was like, okay. And we're like moving through it. And the whole reading, I'm like having a really hard time piecing together how it fit with family. And I noticed myself like confusing her. Like she was kind of looking at me like, what are you saying? And then by the end, I was like, you know, I got to be honest, like this doesn't feel like this person. This doesn't feel like this person. Like, I don't know where this is coming from. And she said, well, like I actually, I wanted to know about my relationship with my boyfriend. And I was like, oh my God, there it is. Now this makes so much sense. But because she was in a place where she felt like that was a silly question. That is so powerful. Even just, you know, giving people the permission to be like, you can ask anything and it's not silly. It's not embarrassing. Probably a million other people are wanting to know the same answer is just like you. And I think that's such a great piece of advice, just even in just life, like being willing to ask the hard questions and just go there. And it doesn't matter if you look stupid or if you look dumb, like there, there really is no such thing as a dumb question. I think it's worse to sit through like an hour of something. Even when I think about, you know, clients that come see me, it's worse if we sit through an hour of coaching together than like for you to feel stupid for asking a harder question, rather it, just getting to the point and being really specific. And back to what you said about like bravery, being brave enough to ask the harder, more difficult, challenging questions I think that's just so beautiful if you just have that courage to do it and get it out there because that's how we start to fix things. But yeah, and like it's not cheap. Like to go and find someone to help you move through this, it is something that like I understand is a privilege that every time a client chooses to sit down with me for an hour and give me their hard-earned cash dollar bills, like I want them to get every single minute's worth of this. So for me at the end when someone hasn't really been authentic or genuine or, um, you know, they were embarrassed, that is the only way that I can leave a reading feeling disappointed. Cause I'm like, they didn't get what they came for. They didn't get it because I had no idea what they wanted. So I would love to transition into doing the mini reading. So for the folks listening, 
I asked Stacy if she would do a little 2019 forecast and prediction for us. Um, and so she pulled some cards beforehand and now she's going to do a mini reading for us. So the question I had asked on behalf of all of us, hope you're okay with it. Cause I picked it. <laughs> any of you guys had any say in the matter it was a good question though i will say it was it was very well thought out so round of applause kelly so the question was if the personal journey is feeling really hard right now what do you see in store for 2019 so as a little bit of backstory i know that many of you guys are really going through the growing pains of up leveling to that new level and pursuing what you truly love and putting your dreams in action and i know that this stuff can be frustrating and challenging and the flames can get really hot sometimes. So we're going to have Stacy take a peek at the cards she pulled and give us a little bit of insight as to what she sees in store for all of you. So the big thing, like looking at this little reading that I pulled this past year, the card that's in the past place is like literally all about grief, sorrow, and pain. 2018 exploited our pain points, our pinch points, it like poked us right in the button that hurts. This whole year has been mistake after misstep after like, oh shit, you know, it's been like a huge learning year for everyone. Everybody seems to be in transition. People are like quitting their jobs. They are like, you know, really reinventing themselves. And that is really, really painful. The beautiful thing is this was the year of exploring that and realizing like, okay, I can put space between myself and the pain. I reacted really badly last time and I ended up having to apologize or I ended up being depressed for three weeks afterwards. I don't want to make that same mistake again. So Unfortunately, 2018 was like kind of like a really bad first run through, you know, really lots and lots of like learnings that were held inside pain. And now we are at a place where there's this feeling of unrest, of sort of overwhelming option, not knowing which path to take, not knowing which door to open. And it kind of leaves us feeling a bit like we're plateauing because we're not really moving forward. But the real secret to unlocking what 2019 has for us is actually going back to that pain point and creating boundaries. 2019 is all about asking the people that we love and support us to respect boundaries, to help us reinforce them, and to really rejoice in the community that we had to build in 2018 because of all of the garbage that was dumped on us. You know, I don't know about you, but for myself, like 2018 was a year of like learning who my people were. My people are scattered all over the world. I got married in September and they all flew in from different corners of the globe to be with me and my wife. You know, it like really reinforced for me, like, these are the people, they will be there for me. So 2019, establishing boundaries, being forceful with them, not allowing people to push us around, to hurt us. Um, We can't decide you know, what they do, but we can decide how we react, you know, so not only the boundaries is key, but the other thing, there's a card in this little pile that's reversed. 
and it's the strength card, which talks about mental and emotional strength. And it's the limiting belief that I'm not strong enough to handle that. Oh my God, if I lose my job, I won't be able to handle it. Oh my God, if my partner leaves me, I will be broken. It's this idea that when something goes wrong, we will not have the stamina, the strength, or the stubbornness to really move through it. So there's a huge learning there about trusting that like, we got it. Anything that comes our way, we will be okay. And you know what? Even if we're not, like I said, we have these beautiful people that will be there to say, it's okay. Like, I'm going to come over and make you dinner. I'm here. Want to watch a movie? What do you need? I will say what's really interesting that of this little reading that I did it leads us to this place of real fulfillment in our jobs and our homes. And we have this sort of like sense of 2019 bringing us to this place of feeling like at home, like a belonging, but that's not the end of our journey. So many of us think like, oh, that happiness, that's what I'm going for. I'm going for a happy home and a happy relationship and a happy job. But there's a card at the very end of this 2019 that is literally saying just when you think you have everything that you wanted it changes then we're asked okay what's next and that is really hard for people because we have it in our mind that happiness is this destination and when we get there the cards are saying no no get in the boat it's time to take off go explore go adventure you are not meant to rest and become stagnant I love that. Thank you, Stacey. That was so good. And I feel like that was so spot on too. And for those of you listening, I so hope that resonated for you as well. And man, the piece about boundaries. Whew, I, I always know I could use a little bit more of those. <laughs> oh man, I think that's like the biggest struggle for everyone is like knowing your worth, knowing what you'll put up with, and then like actually enforcing it, especially with our families. That's where it's the hardest. Definitely. Thank you so much for doing that little reading. I love that. Hey there, it's me. I just want to interrupt this amazing episode and remind you that there is a sweet giveaway going on. All you got to do is scroll over on your Apple Podcasts app, click the Kelly Track Show, scroll down to write a review and leave your rave review and Instagram handle so I can find you. And then you will be entered to win both Your Best Life and Your Conscious Empire, which are my two top-notch courses. So when you're done enjoying this episode, be sure to go leave a rating and review and the universe will so give you a cosmic wink and some good karma will flow your way today. And if you need a visual of what I'm talking about, just go to kellytrack.com slash giveaway and it's totally right there for you. All right, peeps, back to the show. So I want to talk a little bit more about how you, you know, connect intuitively to the cards and how you know, because you are so good at this. And when we had our reading together, it was so insanely spot on and accurate. And it was as if you like had known me for years and you knew my whole business journey and you knew my whole <laughs> business plan and you've been on my website many times. And I was like, how does she know? <laughs> Yeah, I get that a lot. <laughs> yeah, which is honestly a sign that you are amazing at this. So when you do a rating, how do you really receive these divine downloads, as I like to call them, or these intuitive hits? Is it a visual? Is it a feeling? Is it a knowingness? 
I have only just like started exploring this because I get people asking me and I like before I was just like, I don't know. I was just like, I don't know. I just know it. But I've started really looking at it. And like, I have always listened to my instincts. Like my body is the thing that I listen to more than anything. If I do not, if I walk in somewhere and my body reacts, I'm like, nope, I'm calling a cab. I'm getting out of here. Like it, my body is the number one way that I know specifically when I'm getting involved in something that I shouldn't, or that might actually lead me to something that may not feel good. So I I really, there's a physical knowing for me, especially in keeping me and my energy and my soul safe. But honestly, it's like, like a clear, audience aspect of it. I definitely hear things. And that's why sometimes when I'm doing readings, it looks like I'm kind of like my eyes are closed and my head kind of tilts. Like I'm sort of like really trying to listen to what's coming to me. And the weirdest thing that I have learned is it's almost like when I'm not hearing it, it's like I'm remembering something. I'm recalling a memory that isn't mine or We know now that time is sort of a construct. If you truly believe that everything is happening all the time, all at once, there isn't really a past and like a future. It's just sort of the present. It makes a lot of sense that like I'm pulling from something that hasn't even happened yet, but it's like I'm remembering it. And like sometimes that shows up for me. I think this is just like my brain creating a visual for me, but it almost looks like I'm reading something like someone's writing me a note or like I'm reading someone's journal almost. It's like a floating blackboard where someone's just like cursively writing. So sometimes specifically that is when, when I see that, that is when I say like, listen, I need you to know that this is a message for you. Like I have to say the thing, like whenever I see it being written, I'm like, I don't know, this doesn't connect to the rest of the reading, but this is for you. That's so powerful. And it's so fascinating because I've heard about, you know, people who have intuitive gifts or are mediums and they talk about a board or like they have a visual of like a blackboard or whiteboard. And that's sort of how they communicate on the board of like where things come in or seeing things. That's so fascinating to just hear about people's process um, and how it works, especially if there's listeners out there that recognize any of those same intuitive gifts with inside themselves being like, Oh, Hey, hello. I'm not alone. Like I, maybe this is something they had never realized that they had. So how have you really learned to strengthen this intuition over time and really get good at it? You know, I think the big thing is there's some trust there, you know, really, really trusting that like the information that you're given is the right information. I think where the strengthening it comes into play is every time you get an intuitive hit and you act on it and it's wrong. What's funny is hindsight, you know, a couple of months down the road, you'll go, oh my God, it wasn't wrong. I just interpreted it incorrectly. It's kind of like time is the best teacher, you know, like how many times I have had intuitive hits specifically with like, you know, I have one deck of cards, the Aquarian deck. I was telling you my like soul sister deck that I have worked with long enough that I know its personality. So like, I do not read it like I would other decks because I know when this card shows up, there is a very specific message from it that may have nothing to do with how other tarot readers read it, but it's 
it is that experience of knowing, okay, so the last time I thought this was talking about an intimate relationship, it wasn't, but that's how it presents itself. So of course, time learning what those certain um, clues actually mean. And like, definitely getting quiet, meditating, just like connecting to yourself every single day. I was actually just listening to this amazing intuitive connection lesson last night by Brie Melanson. Um, she's amazing. She is amazing. She, I went to her, one of her events recently. She's amazing. I'm trying to get her to come on the show. <laughs> I mean, first of all, she, she would totally blow everybody's socks off, but I was listening to it last night. And like, one of the things that she says is like, play games with yourself. Like when you're in line at the grocery store, get quiet, close your eyes and try and figure out if the person behind you is what their gender is or what they might look like, or, um, you know, are they taller than you? Are they fair? Are they dark? Are they, you know, like try and pick up on things in your surrounding area. And of course, like your physical intuition and just play that game with yourself. Um, when your cell phone buzzes, ask yourself, who do I think just messaged me? What do I think that is? You know, one of the things that she says is it's not about being right. It's about establishing that connection. The more you tap in to those types of strengthening intuitive, like they're little games, but over time you learn how to really, really trust your intuition. That's such a powerful practice even just to start with i had heard that tip like super randomly from a podcaster i listen i used to listen to a lot she would play those sort of guessing games so for the last couple months i've been guessing which elevator i'm gonna get so one out of the four elevators that are available in my apartment building and it's funny because sometimes you pick one and you're like oh it's totally gonna be this one and then you're like oh maybe it's that one and it's always the first one and it's a game of how many times can I get it right? Knowing which elevator is going to hit. Just honestly, I would say I'm close to my batting average is like 50%, which is pretty good. It seems so silly, but it's not like it's silly in the way that like, it doesn't matter which elevator comes for you, or it doesn't really matter what the person behind you at the grocery store actually looks like. It's about like just taking that moment to tell your intuitive signal, like, Hey, I'm here. I'm open and I'm like actively trying to build a relationship with you because then the next time that you get that same feeling that you get when you are picking elevators, but you get it out in the world, you're going to be like, oh, oh, that feels different. I should listen to this. It's like a muscle memory. So like, then you're like out with your friends and some like person walks up to you and you have this weird feeling, you know, either like I got to talk to this person or I got to get away from this person. And I love what you shared about just making contact and like making yourself known as in like, Hey, I'm here. I'm listening. I'm, I'm willing making that as the message you send to the universe and to the divine being like, I'm an open channel and like, I want to be used and like, I'm trying and just like making that contact. One of the other things that you had brought up that I was curious about is you had mentioned guides are you referring to your spirit guides? Okay. I will preface this by saying like, <laughs> I am not a medium. That's not how my intuition works, but I have had too many experiences 
to write them off. And through like, this is through working with people who actually are mediums who can channel. I believe I have more than three guides that are with me. And so I use them in a way of protection. I call them in when I really need support. And then I also call them in to protect my client as well, especially like if it's someone who, if they walk in the door and their energy seems really low, I just assume if their energy, if I'm getting a low reading, they probably don't have the greatest energetic boundaries. So I absolutely ask my guides like, watch over me, watch over my client. And this is like real next level head in the clouds, but I truly believe that my guides are the ones who feed me my intuition. I do not have a direct channel to them yet. I'm working on it, but I don't know if that's for me. I have no idea if my gifts will ever transcend into that direct connection with spirit, but I trust that they are the ones who are sort of like the gatekeepers to the information that I receive. That's so fascinating. Spirit guides is something I've been trying to learn more about and tap into. It's, and I like, I like what you shared, you know, you never know how far your gifts can go and like what's possible for you. Cause I've been trying to learn more and like tap in and it's like not really happening <laughs> or it's like, and I'm like, am I trying too hard to force something that's maybe not like the easiest way for me to pick up on something. Um, but I keep hearing about spirit guides. I'm like, I just want to meet them. Like, come talk to me. Well, and you know what? I think the the biggest and like just for you, because this is something that I have struggled with and I'm learning to get over this sort of like you were saying, a limiting belief. Sometimes we think like, oh, that's silly. Like, that's just me. Like, that was me thinking that. And if you just start like actually like giving your thoughts the benefit of the doubt, if you're like, hey, maybe that was a divine message. I don't know. Maybe it like kind of helps because then the next time you get something that's kind of outlandish that you're like, why would I have thought that? Or like, where did that come from? It's easier to be like, oh, thanks guide. Thanks. That's a really, really excellent tip. Cause I definitely get stuff that's like totally out of the blue. And I try to really act on all the stuff that comes to me. I'm a really big uh, follower of Lacey Phillips. Are you familiar with her work on manifestation? Oh my God. I just found her and like, whoa, she's next level. I love her. I have manifested so much stuff from her stuff. I'm, I pitched her for the show too. So fingers crossed I can get her on for 2019. She's amazing. But yeah, Lacey has a whole thing around pings and following every single ping you have, AKA your intuitive hits. It's crazy where the intuitive pings will take you and the stuff that manifests as a direct result. So I so love that you shared that. Like just being like, you know, thanks guides or like the thanks intuition. That's a great idea because sometimes it, it does sometimes seem silly as our human minds interpreting it, but opening up to that higher dimension to be like, oh, this could be something very special to me, especially I've heard before from Dr. Joe Dispenza that if it's really coming out of the blue, it's probably coming from your higher consciousness. And I was like, yeah, I love that. And it also, it's like the answer that you get before you've had time to think about it. It's like, you know, like before the sentence has even finished, you already know the answer. Like that is your intuition. And that is probably a message from something more divine. I will say for any of you listeners out there who maybe are more visual, there is something, especially if we throw it back to the Celestine prophecy, there is something about when things 
visually look different. So like I tap into this when I'm like being spontaneous, it is because I'm following things that look like they're vibrating different, like they're glowing or they seem shiny or like there's like a, an attraction to something that I can't explain. So if people are more visual, that's a really good sign. It's not like you don't have to blink a couple times and like try and get rid of it. It's sometimes just, I see them as shimmers almost. And I know like, okay, got to go that way. I got to go there. I got to do this. And it's, I am always astounded by who I meet and what I find when I follow those. That is so cool. And such a good piece of advice, especially if you're a visual person, because we all pick up on the intuitive stuff in the the different types of clairs. We're all, you know, kind of a different one. So to wrap this up, which is so sad because I'm having so much fun chatting with you, (laughs) Stacey. So if people want to find you online or book a reading with you or learn tarot from you, where is your favorite place to connect? Email is a little bit more direct, but I do really, really love um, the community that is on Instagram. That's something that I find is a lot softer. So for people that are taking the first step or people who like want to know a little bit more about me and my vibe, Instagram is a great like kind of jumping off place. After that, like I have uh, my Patreon where it's like a little bit more. It's like a nice little, um, a little buffet of a bunch of stuff that I do. And then of course, like you can find me online um, at houseoftherisingtarot.com and you can like submit a request form. You can just direct email me. Like you can find me on all the socials. Is there anything that the listeners and I could do to support you today? Really, I mean, in a more metaphysical way, um, you know, my wish for everyone to support all of us is just to like trust yourself more, really stop hesitating. What do they say? Like, you know, hesitation is like the number one form of like bike accidents. It's like when you hesitate and you like second guess, mm, probably not. You should just keep going. So stop hesitating, keep trusting, and absolutely like any questions anything to share with me also like anything learning wise like I am still this evolving imperfect human being and you know I had a friend recently who was like hey I don't think that you should be using sage in your practice I think that you should really um you know confront how your whiteness intersects with your work and that was like something that I was like okay cool like thank you for sharing that with me and it has created huge growth and evolution for me so trust yourself keep moving on your intuitive path and like anything that you feel nudged or pushed to share with me, do it. And if you are questioning anything for 2019, get in touch and we can book a reading. Thank you so much, Stacey, for coming on. This was so much fun. You are so articulate and like your words are like poetry but in a spoken <laughs> verbal form they're so good and i feel like your your words are such like a loving warm hug like right when you need it the most so thank you so much for coming on the show it was such a pleasure and an honor to have you i'll be putting all the links to everything in the show notes thank you again i so appreciated you coming on the show this was so fun kel and like thank you for you know i think one of the greatest things, you know, on top of all of the amazing work you do with entrepreneurs and, you know, people just in their growth is like honoring all aspects of wellness. You know, you touch so 
purposefully on so many different avenues of how we evolve and grow and learn. And people walk away from their time with you feeling so motivated and like their direction got a little bit clearer. So I just got to like throw it up to you and say, thank you so much for having me on the show. All right, my friends. And there you have it. That is the episode and the show for you today. Thank you so much for tuning in and for listening. If you love this episode just as much as I did, take a screenshot of it, upload it to your Instagram stories, tag Stacy and I in it. It's just at Stacy Copeland and at Kelly Track. We would love to see what you enjoyed, what you're learning, what you thought was really sweet. If the 2019 sneak peek was really spot on for you too, I would love to take this conversation over on the gram and hang out with you there. P.S. Defs, get in on that giveaway. This is your last week. I would love for you to win it. So all you have to do is leave a rating and review over on Apple Podcasts. Leave your Instagram handle as well. And I'll be picking the lucky winner super soon. So my friend, that is everything for you today. I love you. I appreciate you. You are the best. You mean the world to me. Sending you a massive huge hug, virtual hug, virtual internet high five. Thank you for being here. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. And... I will catch you back here soon. All right, my friend. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening today. If you love this episode, please take a second to share it with somebody that you know needs to hear this message. And if you feel so called and so moved, please write an honest review of what you think about this podcast in iTunes and leave me some stars. That would truly help me out on my journey to helping millions and millions of people. And until next time, have a lovely day. And I'm so excited to see you back here soon. 